pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello. You are listening to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left video games radio show. I'm Simon Byron. And I am Steve Curran. We've just finished recording this week's show. Uh, How do you think that went, Steve? I think it went. I I, re- I always really enjoy it, Simon. I think it was a it was a challenge at the start hearing my toddler screaming in the background. I didn't know when that was going to stop, but uh, hopefully that won't be audible in the show. I'll try and do some audio magic, but I have a feeling it will be. So um, apologies for that. Or if it enhances your listening experience, you are welcome. Well, I was catching up with uh, some of the guys down down in uh, down at base this week, and uh, Daff said to me, he said, "Hey, Simon," he said, um, "I listened to One Life Left for the first time uh, this week." I said, "Oh," I said, "Thanks." I said, uh, "How do you find it?" He said, um, "Don't know. Fell asleep quite quickly afterwards." <laughs> I said, "You're welcome." Now that made me think, actually, that. Um, uh, because there's been a lot of talk about what adverts are appearing. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, we, we are still keen to know what adverts you're getting if you are getting them within the podcast. So please do let us know either by emailing in to team at onelifeleft.com or via the Discord. Um, but separately, we do need to record some adverts to go into other shows. And I wondered if we could reference the fact that we're making people fall asleep. <laughs> um, now, to us... It doesn't matter, right? As long as they've downloaded it and if they listen to it and there are adverts in it, even if they hear them or not, it doesn't matter. We still get the big bucks, don't we? Mm. Um, but uh, cheaper than a subscription to Calm or Headspace. Um, and uh, yeah, probably with the same result. Well, Simon, I, I wasn't going to mention this, but I have had... Ask- I- <laughs> That's a bad example <laughs> of this. <laughs> I have had people ask me, uh, if I could record them some ASMR tapes. Really? Mm. So what sort of noises would you make? I just go, shh. You are listening to One Life Left. Shh. It won't. Oh, that is very good. I haven't finished. It won't get any better than this. Fall asleep now. Can you can you can you say that to Daff? Just <laughs> shh. Daff. Good night, Daff. This is it. You've done nothing wrong. Everything is going to be okay. Shh. 
There we go. Very good. Well, assuming assuming that you are still with us, listeners, that you haven't uh, drifted off to the land of Nod. Um, yeah, I thought the show this evening was fine. Uh, we need to do. We need to get out more, Steve. I'm, I'm worried that we're living. That our, we've been too isolated through the months of January, mm. uh, and that we're running out of things to say. <laughs> um, there was one joke I didn't make uh, during the show because that bit was going out on the radio, mm. which has guidelines. Um, and so um, just to say that it would have been towards the end when you were talking about uh, finding a game on Steam to play with your daughter, I was going to say, did you not fancy sex with Hitler? <laughs> did you see that when you were browsing on Steam? Did you see that? I didn't see that, no. There's a game on Steam called Sex with Hitler. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> I wasn't allowed. To, I wasn't sure if you're allowed to say Hitler mm. or sex. <laughs> Let's find out. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Here's the show. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello to you. I'm Simon Byron. Hi, Simon. How are you this week? <laughs> I'm all right, Steve. The end of January draws near. I've got two more sleeps until dry January is over. Well, I guess the big news is, you know, Go the on. thing that everyone's wondering is we left, <laughs> we left last week on a bit of a cliffhanger, didn't we? Because as regular listeners to One Life Left will know, uh, my daughter tested positive for COVID this time last week. Bam, bam, bam. What happened next? Well, <laughs> those of you who are listening intently might be able to hear her screaming in the background, but I'm pleased to tell you that isn't because of COVID. It's because it's bedtime here. Uh, she's COVID clear. She tested out yesterday. Did uh, she? Yeah. Well, That's sorry, fast. She, she tested out this morning. Uh, okay, having had two first, negatives, first negative test yesterday. And Great. I did not uh, test positive at all during the week. Shut up. All How did truth. you manage that? Well, uh, I want to say that I am strong and my immune system is strong, and perhaps it is boosted by, well, the booster shot and the two vaccines I have had. But also I suspect I had it a few weeks ago because I was a little bit feverish. No um, no positive lap flows then either. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I've probably had Omicron already. Oh, uh, you're 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 um, dressing this up all wrong. Am I? You should be selling your blood. You should be giving <laughs> away. You should be giving away kisses. That that is uh, that is a new monetization strategy uh, for me. I'd not thought of that, Simon. Of course, of course, I should be doing that. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I've had a I've had a super super busy week uh, as it has been. That's it. I just can't get over. That's extraordinary. That uh, because um, you know uh, you've uh, 
you've been in the flat. Have you been in the flat? Have you, 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 so you have been able to leave if you wanted to, haven't you? Mm-hmm. I think those are right. So have you been leaving? I've uh, not really left. I've been out a couple of times to get supplies, but not. Uh... Well, I, I guess the other question is, did I do Marioki, right? Because, because I tested negative all week. Lateral flow, lateral flow, lateral flow, lateral flow. Completely negative. Friday night, it's Marioki. Alice tested for 5pm. Now, if she had tested negative, do you think it would have been morally okay for me to go? That's a tricky question, isn't it? I think if you went, you would. everybody there would have to be um, fully aware of all the facts. Mm, yeah, I agree. Which is it's a lot of facts to give. I'd have had to print them on a T-shirt or something. Anyway, as it was, she tested positive. Very fent line, but she tested positive. And at that point, I was like, yeah, definitely not okay to go. So, um, yeah, I, I've stayed indoors uh, in a very, very small apartment, which, again, is probably why you can hear Alice crying at bedtime in the background. Um, very small apartment, but no covid Oh, well, that's extraordinary. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Do you, I mean, so you don't know whether you've had it. I mean, for me, having got over it, it was, I think I mentioned it before, um, you know, obviously I'm very grateful that the vaccine and the boosters appeared to do their uh, their jobs and that um, my symptoms were super mild, but it was very convenient for me to have it when I did. Right? So <laughs> I wasn't, no, but it was, I mean, I wasn't going to pubs anyway because of dry January. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to go to GDC in America and therefore you have that, that, um, that concern a couple of weeks before you're due to fly that, you know, if you get it, you're not going to be allowed on the plane, are you? Mm. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got that out of the way. So me, I feel you know, pretty reassured that I can make it to GDC, even if many people are, it doesn't look like many people are going. Mm. Um, yeah, but whereas you, if you don't know that you've had it, you're going to have that worry beforehand, aren't you? You're going to have to cocoon. I think if I can be in a flat this size with a toddler that vocal uh, and not catch COVID, I'm fairly confident that uh, that I will you're not invincible. catch it. I'm, I'm invincible. Although, Simon... <laughs> Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm fairly confident, confident I'm no more vulnerable than you because they say this can reinfect you, don't they, Omicron? Mm. Well, for the time being, let's enjoy, actually, for the, uh, for the first time in a long time, the fact that we're both COVID-free mm-hmm. uh, and crack on with the show, uh, hopefully with renewed enthusiasm. <laughs> well, it is a video game radio show and we do talk about video games, uh, as is traditional at the moment, at least, I can confirm to you, Simon, that I have played a video game this week. Congratulations. I've played several, but I have a video game to talk about, and I've also got a few news stories. How have you done Whoa. picking out news this oh, week? Oh, you know me. I've got some up my sleeveys. All right, let's get on with it. Okay, Simon, do you want to go first? Tom Ivan wrote on videogameschronicle.com, the Epic Game Store's user base reached 194 million in 2021, up from 160 million a year earlier. In a new report summarising the marketplace's performance in 2021, Epic Games said daily active users peaked at 31.1 million 
and peak concurrent users had hit 13.2 million. Both figures were about the same the previous year. Monthly active users in December rose to 11%, sorry, rose by 11% to 62 million. As was the case in 2020, the Epic Games Store gave away over 15 games over Christmas 2021 with titles offered free every day from December 16th to the 30th. They included Control, Shenmue 3, Neon Abyss, Remnant from the Ashes, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Loop Hero, Second Extinction, etc, etc, etc. The Epic Games Store gave away 89 free titles in total last year down from 103 in 2020, with a combined worth of $2,120. Epic said users claimed over 765 million free games. 76 free games broke their peak concurrent user records on PC, with an average of 13 times their all-time records. It claimed! So that's pretty good, isn't it, for fans of free stuff? It is good for fans of free stuff, and it does seem like Epic are getting a little bit of a foothold in the PC games uh, storefront market, but I was I was also attracted by this news story. It was one of mine as well. The sums in the headline. Where did you pick that story up from, Simon? Videogameschronicle.com. Because I've got mine from VG247 um, by Stephanie Nunley, and the headline there is, Epic Games Store now boasts 194 million users which spent... $840 million on the store last year. Now, regular listeners to the show will know that I'm no slouch when it comes to mathematics. Indeed, I have a secret degree. And these are the sort of sums I can do in my head, roughly. Doesn't that mean each user spent around about $4 on the store? <laughs> yes, well... um Yes, you would have to infer from that that the majority of people using the store were using it to pick up the free uh, games or were enjoying the heavily discounted games that they often offer with their infinite coupons that they do a couple of times a year. Mm, so I am I am genuinely interested to know whether uh, Epic are making a profit on the store at the moment. Do we have any read on that? Well, if they are, it's not mentioned on Video Games Chronicles or VG247. Um, yeah, I mean, this has been a press release, one would suspect that they're not in that case. Yeah, I mean, um, do you remember when we lost money at our book launch, <laughs> selling selling copies of our book? Do you remember that we had? Um, yeah, it cost us loads of money, didn't it? And I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's similar with the Epic Game Store. I mean, well, are, are they losing money? Um, you know, so how can you lose money as a retail store? I guess that's through minimum guarantees. Um, and again, I'm not privy to any of those at the moment, but I do know anecdotally that some people don't appear to be particularly um, enamoured with uh, their sales on the Epic Games Store. Uh, I have to say, you know, from a publishing point of view, I'm I'm a fan of Epic. Um, I think um, uh, whilst sometimes your sales will not, uh, not compare favourably with Steam, I do think that, you know... The opportunity to see a game across multiple storefronts does will mean that uh, some people will then go on to buy it elsewhere. So I think that sort of plays into it. And I do think that their sales can work very well. Um, as a consumer, yeah, I mean, I'm there almost every week. Did you? I mean, at the moment, it's um, uh, Demon X Machina, um, which I, I didn't even realise had come out on PC. Um 
so yeah, I've bagged that. Haven't played it yet. My concern with all the freebies on the Epic Game Store is that we're not quite certain how they're going to play, or whether they're going to play nicely with the Steam Deck, but... Mm. Uh, uh, we're grabbing them nonetheless. Um, and then, yeah, I am, again, as a consumer, I'm a big fan of their infinite coupons where they'll give you $10 off a game over a certain amount uh, of money, uh, often bringing like a $13.99 uh, dollar, uh, pound game down to you know a few pounds. And once you use that coupon in these special events, you get another one as well. <laughs> uh, so you can, keep, you can keep chaining them together, and that's all funded by Epic. So... That actually, that's a point. Maybe that's where they they aren't making uh, the big bucks quite yet. All right, I will uh, pick out another news story. This one's from Eurogamer. It's by Vicky Blake. Nintendo has filed another thirteen hundred copyright strikes against a music sharing YouTube channel. Um, they've once again taken aim at YouTube channel streaming soundtracks from the games. Takedown take started over a year ago now, in December twenty twenty. Uh, Nintendo fans have hit out at the decision to block the soundtracks of games like Legends of Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time, Legends of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, also known as Super Mario 64, Mario Kart Wii. As I wrote, says Vicky, back in December 2020, Nintendo is, of course, absolutely entitled to do this. But once again, it hasn't explained why it's forcibly removing the music from YouTube, nor has it offered an alternative place for fans to listen to their favourite tracks? What do you think about this, Simon? So this is just people streaming the soundtracks then? I assume it's, yeah, people ripping the soundtracks from the game and sticking them on YouTube. Well, that's, I mean, that's entirely up to the, up to Nintendo to clamp down on that if they want to, isn't it? It is. And I think, well, it sort of is. I think it's also up to Nintendo's lawyers or at least they'll have encouraged them to do it, because there's that thing, isn't there, where if you don't defend your property, if you don't defend uh, your copyright... Is that right? It I am not right. a lawyer, Simon. You're Well, I, I think you could have got away with that, Steve. <laughs> Did I say it confidently enough? <laughs> I, I know there's specifically a thing around IP where you and trademarks, where you have to defend the trademarks... And if you don't defend the trademarks, then that can be seen or it can count against you in the future. Uh, I don't know that actually that holds for copyright, does it? I think you can just, you know, say, oh, use it for a while and then take it down if you want. Or, like, you know, say don't monetize it or that sort of thing. So, yeah, it does seem a bit a bit tight of Nintendo, doesn't it? Well, I'm not, I don't know. Um if people are just uploading their music and they're not making any effort to play a game over it or anything like that, I can see, I can see why it's frustrating if people just want to listen to a soundtrack that they're unable to buy elsewhere. But if you know, Nintendo has always operated a little strangely when it comes when it comes to some of the commercial decisions that they've made, and 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 yeah, I don't know. How is it different uh, from disallowing a a let's play where someone is playing? Well, the at music? least somebody's. At least somebody then, if they're let's playing a game, they're putting a little bit of effort into it, aren't they? What if it's a let's play with no commentary where they're not talking? Is that allowed? Also, no. That's I would say that's fine. What if it's and, a let's uh, play? What if it's a let's play with no commentary and they've turned the TV and, and, off and their controller's not working and they're, yeah, <laughs> and they're just staying in one place. <laughs> Well, I mean, again, uh, that's um, that's stamping a personality of sorts over Seems it, isn't it, fine. I guess? Seems fine. Does and, it? Yeah, well, what if you choose to stream um, stream, stream it without any of the any of the visuals? 
So what? Like what with sound so effects it's a, down as well? No, no. It's a let's play. <laughs> yeah, with, with no, no commentary, <laughs> where you're stood in one place, uh, and you just choose not to. You know, for for the ambiance, you're saying, you know, I'm going to turn off the graphics. Well, do you know what? If I was Doug Bowser or, or whoever, <laughs> I'd let you have that. <laughs> so, well, fair play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's more investigation needed in this instance, then, isn't it, to find out if those are the circumstances upon which people have uploaded their content. But it doesn't sound like it, does it? Mm, true. I or... mean, <laughs> and it, well, and it's 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 it is an argument to say that. Uh, well, I suppose it's Nintendo's right to do this, but you know. The fact is, I'm guessing, that VG247 is not available as a book. So therefore, would it be okay for us to produce a book of video games 24-7 <laughs> and sell that? We should definitely do that and have a launch <laughs> and lose money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has revealed that he'll be starring in another movie based on a video game. Although we didn't confirm the game in question, Johnson told Men's Journal that it's based on something he's played for years when asked about his connection with video games and whether he had plans to make any more game related movies in the future johnson shared that he was a big fan of the madden games before adding i can't tell you which game in particular we're doing but there will be an announcement this year we're going to bring one of the biggest most badass games to the screen one that i've played for years I'm really excited to bring it to fans around the world of course we're going to do right by our gamer friends but really we're just going to make a great movie. Now, Johnson is no stranger to movies about video games. One of his earlier film roles was in the 2005 movie adaptation of Doom, where he played squad leader Sarge. And more recently, he starred in the 2018 film Rampage, which was based on the Midway arcade game of the same name. He was also in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and its sequel, Jumanji, The Next Level, in which he plays a video game character. So then, Steve, what's it what's it going to be? One of the biggest, most badass games to the big screen. Call of Duty. Next story. <laughs> what do you think it is? I think it's Call of Duty. Yes, it would have to be Call of Duty, wouldn't it? Um, that's the, is that the biggest, most badassy video <laughs> game we can think of? Uh, I mean, Grand Theft Auto. Would you, would they make a movie of that? No, no it's not that. I think it's Call of no. Duty. Okay, all right. There we go. Then that's an ex- that feels to me like a One Life Left exclusive. Exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. The Oculus Quest is dead. Long live the Meta Quest. This is a story by Don Pepiat. It's from VG Twenty Four Seven. Uh, Do you own an Oculus Quest or an Oculus Quest 2? Well, Simon, you don't anymore. What? Meta, the social network platform previously known as Facebook, has changed the name of the hardware to better fit into its weird new branding, so you now own a Meta Quest. Sounds more like a way to level up in an MMO than a hardware brand. Ooh, editorialises Dom. Um, so we knew this was going to happen. Like this, and is... it's been done, is it? So what? They've been round into the shed and stuck something on the front of mine. Have they? I can't <laughs> see it yet. I mean, they're very discreet, very subtle. Well, apparently, uh, the Twitter bio for MetaQuest has been updated. It now sports again. It says Dom, a hateful new new handle. Who dis description? 
Um, and yeah, they've been uh, they've been sort of slowly rebranding across the across their social media. You're um, you're holding up your I, Oculus Quest to the. the I am. Zoom it still says right Oculus now. on it. it. Still says Oculus. Maybe that's valuable, Simon. Stick it on eBay now. I'm going to put that on eBay right away. Have you I've also had my face in it. <laughs> All right, don't put that in the description. Have you been uh, Have you been using your Quest recently? I have. You may have noticed that's yes, Steve. That is an elite strap that I've got on the back. Ah. Uh, Amazon was selling it uh, for fifteen pounds off recently, so I bought that. I have been. Yeah, um, we're going to announce a VR game in two weeks' time. That's exciting. Uh, so I've been playing that. It is exciting. Yeah, and I'd forgotten how much. Yeah, I mean, I had had a, a, a few. Uh, months where I hadn't been playing much on it, and uh, yeah, it's really it's really good, no matter what it's called. Mm. I mean, um, I I had this discussion the other day. I mean, people were saying, I think actually I mentioned it on One Life Left as well, but uh, you know, people were asking what the best VR headset is, and there's no question it is the Quest Two, whatever it's called. It's so slick, the interface is great, it's so easy, and it's I wouldn't say it's sociable. It's still definitely antisocial. Uh, but you can pop out of that antisocial world really quickly, and then pop back in as soon as you've dealt with your, uh, you know, your real life affairs. Yes, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I, I don't think I'm ever going to call it a Meta Quest Two if people will ask me for recommendations. Um, but uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't matter too much to me. Actually, what it's called, I still think it's very good. All right, news story number five, Simon. I've got a couple together, actually, okay. that sort of linked. Um, so this is about Elden Ring, which, you know, now I'm a PlayStation 5 owner. I'm very interested in. Uh, Video Games Chronicle Tom Ivan wrote, From Software has confirmed that Elden Ring can be completed in around 30 hours. Uh, during a Tapai Game Show 2022 video interview, producer Yashiro Kitao was asked how long it takes to beat the upcoming game. This will differ significantly by player, but in terms of targets set during development, the idea is that the main route should be able to be completed within around 30 hours, he replied. The game as a whole is quite massive and contains many dozens more hours worth of gameplay, but if we're talking about the main route only, it shouldn't take much longer than that. Uh, so my comment is that's right. Cheers. Uh, at least it's not five hundred <laughs> hours, but still sounds a little bit too long for me. Same, same. Okay. Seconded. Uh, rolling on from that, uh, fantasy author Brandon Sanderson has argued he should have been the one to write Elden Ring instead of Game of Thrones <laughs> author J.R.R. Martin. Sanderson, who whose critically acclaimed Mistborn novels received a fortnight crossover in May 2021, made the claim during a live recording of his intentionally blank podcast alongside co-presenter Dan Wells. When an audience member asked Sanderson about the process involved in letting one of his characters appear in another property, he began by explaining how his Mistborn character, Keslia, ended up in Fortnite, but then went off on a tangent about Elden Ring. Most of these requests go to the agents these days, but sometimes they pop up for me, but let me be salty, he started. From Software decides to make a fancy game and partner with a fancy novelist, right? And they choose someone who spends his days blogging about the NFL rather than the person who's played their game since Kingsfield <laughs> and has listed their games among his top ten consistently over time. What are you thinking, people? <laughs> if you don't know, they went to George and made a game with George. And I'm like, George doesn't play video games. George has no idea. So anyway... There you go. 
Okay, I mean, that sounds bad, right? Like, but maybe, maybe he was saying it in a funny tone of voice. And maybe he knows that sounds bad. Why stop there, though? I mean, what else should he have done? And well, I, you know, I did... maybe he should. Maybe he's really angry. He, maybe he wants to blog about the NFL. Like, can you believe <laughs> this man set up a blog about the NFL when it could have been me? I, I could be writing every day. I care about the NFL. Now, what have you, what Simon? What are you? Well, apart from being Batman, what are you angriest that they didn't let you do? Well, the joke I make uh, frequently when I talk about um, uh, my history in video games is that my first job in games was staff writer on a magazine called The One, and. Um, it was me as a staff writer, which was the entry-level job. The guy that typed out the letters, did wrote the tips, and reviewed the budget games. Uh, there was deputy editor and an editor. The editor was David Upchurch, friend of mine, big fan of his. Deputy editor was the deputy editor was Gary Witter, uh, someone I've not spoken to for ages. Uh, I would I would describe as a friend of mine who subsequently goes on to write about Star Wars. And I was thinking that when the fickle finger I mean, of fate... He didn't write about Star Wars, did he? Sorry, write about Star Wars. No, sorry, write, wrote uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I put a picture of the three of us up and go, one of those people wrote Rogue One. And that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, dear. What about you? I was trying to think of a <laughs> trying to think of an answer to this question. I often do this when I answer ask you a question. I'm like, oh no, he's just going to spin this round. Ask me, and I do not have an answer for it. And then I thought, actually, the one thing you know, <laughs> the one thing I really wish I'd made is any of the games I was pitching and were turned down by publishers last summer. But I think <laughs> I think that answer might be a bit too real. Yes. Yes. yes, it's been a good job I've not been drinking this month, I have to say, because I genuinely should be awarded for all the tweets I've not made this month. Mm. I've come very, very close to letting myself down on social media this month. No, I have done. Really? Uh, but I haven't. I haven't. Let's see what next week brings. Wet February. Yeah. Is that the end of the news? Well, I just thought uh, there's, there is one more. <laughs> I okay. just thought... I mean, there's so much about this story, again, from Video Games Chronicle, written by Chris Scullion. Um, the, uh, the headline is, FIFA and eFootball Challenger UFL reveals first gameplay footage. The subhead, Cristiano Ronaldo, is also revealed to be one of the game's ambassadors. Now, there's a lot to take in in that headline, isn't there? So FIFA, yeah, good football game. E-football. How difficult would it be to challenge e-football, do you think? You and I could do it by pulling on some socks. It's the worst Couldn't reviewed we? game of last year, is that right? Of last year. Yeah. I mean, anybody. Yeah, it just seems... But what's... Okay, uh, so, 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 you know, if you have to name a second football game in that title, who do you name then? You don't. You don't. You just, you just say FIFA's got a new challenger. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess it's because UFL... Um, is uh, going to be free to play and will focus on a fair to play ideology in which players will be fairly matched with similarly skilled opponents. No one's ever thought of that before, have they, Simon? No one's thought of that, no. I mean, surely this isn't going to do anything at all, is it? 
Well, do you know what the company's called that's making it? No, I do not. Tell me. It's called Strikers Inc. And yes, Strikers has got a Z at the end. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Are they backed by anyone? Where's this come from? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of famous footballers involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Romelu Lukaku, Roberto Firmino, Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne, sorry, um, uh, are all involved. They're going to help promote the game. Oh. Yeah, can't can't see this doing well. Mm. And on that optimistic note, that is the end of the news. Thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantlebury. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, or maybe on your favourite podcast provider. We are a video game radio show. We've been broadcasting for longer than any other video game radio show in the world. If you want to find out more about the show or read the podcast notes, you can go to www.onelifeleft.com. The notes are provided by our under-caretaker, Phil, and there is also a link to our Discord there. Please, please join us and chat about what you're hearing. One news story uh, I skipped for reasons which will become obvious is that the um, enemy.com ran a story uh, this week that said Nintendo may announce a new game in February. (laughs) Come back next month, <laughs> I guess. Is it the new Mario Kart that we uh, we heard about last show? Uh, yeah, there was slightly more to it than that. There was a, a, a tweet uh, from a, a Japanese magazine that came out, but I did like the I did like the headline. Fabulous, because you could also spin that and say that they might not. Mm, one of those you things. Put two is... stories up. True. Uh, okay, I think it's time for the letters. Simon, I am opening the Discord mailbag channel, so um, please, please have a look in the One Life Left inbox and see what you find. Well, Steve, I'm casting my eyes across the One Life Left inbox, and let me tell you, it's a sea 
of press releases. Guntech 2 appears to be. There's some news about that. Rugby 22 uh, has been launched. It's a new update for Train Life, a railway simulator. Um, that's about it. What about Chris Conway? Is he in there? I don't know. Has it gone into the spam? Let me, let me. If you read one out, I'll have a, I'll have a route around the spam. All right. This one is from Rev. Uh, it's on the Discord. It says last week saw the release of the annual PlayStation wrap-up that reveals how many hours you've been spending in each game in the past year. For the second year running, my most played games are ones that I've played and completed multiple times. I dabble with new games all the time, but seem to spend most of my time in the massive sandboxes like Death Stranding, Red Dead Online, or Ghost of Tsushima. I'm sure this stems from growing up with the ZX81 Spectrum, etc. at the time when these incredible game worlds were pretty much inconceivable. I just love pottering around the rich worlds, taking lovely screenshots and generally mooching around. Which games keep pulling you back in long after you've finished or sacked off the campaign story? Well, on Death Stranding, the uh, the director's cut uh, is um, is out soon, isn't it? And I'm not sure how much attention you paid to that, Steve. Um, but that is going to have a new photo mode in it. <laughs> so uh, there's some joy to be had there, I guess, for £10. Um, so, uh, you'll be diving back into that one, no doubt. Um, I mainly dabble with, I dip my toe back into games again when I get a new piece of hardware. Um, rather than spend a lot of time playing them over and over again. I think, so I finished, there are three games I can think of that I finished twice. Uh, Ocarina of Time. Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid. I'm playing the Final Fantasy VII Remastered uh, version at the moment. I would love the heck out of a Metal Gear Solid Remaster, which is rumoured to be coming soon. Uh, I'm not going to play Ocarina again. Um, but no, in terms of sort of spending significant amounts of time back in worlds, I'm, yeah, I'm afraid... Uh, I don't, it's not something, I, don't, I mean, even with Grand Theft Auto's on the Switch, the remastered versions, I never finished those in the first mm. place. So if I do complete them this time round, it'll be a first for me. I don't think I play games like Rev does. Um, what I find is most games fit into two categories for me. Either I dab, dabble with them until I get them, right? So I'll play for... It could be five minutes, ten minutes, or it could be a few hours, and then suddenly I'll get it, and I'm like, cool, this is great, or not so great. I understand how it works, and I'm done. Or, occasionally, there'll be something that gets its hooks into me. So it might be uh, Noita we've talked about on the show before. And then uh, I will play it and play it and play it and play it, and I'm kind of itching for a reason to get out of the game. Like, I'm addicted to it, and... The point at which the game finishes, at which it gives me closure, gives me that exit point and allows me to go, great, I've got closure, I'm done, and I can step away. In those big open world games like you, Simon, I often, I mean, I don't remember one that I've actually completed. Generally, uh, I, I guess I completed Wind Waker, um, not Wind Waker. I've forgotten the name of the Zelda game as well, uh, the new Zelda game. The newish Breath of the Wild. Breath of Wild. Yeah. Um, so I completed Breath of the Wild, but generally in those games, I um, start them and immediately get diverted by side quests, 
and by the time I get round to coming to the main story again, I, I'm I've sort of lost interest in the game entirely. It took me, I think, fifty-eight hours in Skyrim to see a dragon, because immediately I was like, the the, the you know the quest said, oh go right, meet my cousin down in this town and i'm like i'm not doing that he's got a dragon with him <laughs> it's, an, it's an open world i can go wherever i want i'm going left um went left and sort of blundered around village to village explored the world ultimately chanced upon the first main quest marker kickstarted that and then yeah started seeing dragons didn't even know they were meant to be the way well, you see one right at the start but i don't know i thought that was an illusion something like that uh, so yeah i guess i guess we play games in different ways I've got another uh, letter here from Weasel Spoon, uh, Robert Wells, writes, Hello team, hello SSG. I know that Simon's foreign cousins are always helping him bag some bargains, but I wondered if I could pick your industry brains on the other side of that equation. If you want to buy a game to support the people that made it, where is the best place to buy it from? Let's say the hypothetical game is available on all platforms and in all stores, both physical and digital. Which gives devs or the... Which gives the devs or the studio the biggest cut? Who else gets my money? I'm asking because I vaguely know the answers when it's music, but I haven't really got much of an idea how this works for games. Pip-pip, Robert. Well, there's a question, isn't it? Um, And let me tell you that my American friend was over this week and um, he bought Lost in Random, which was half price in the US eShop, not in the UK store. Mm, I've heard good things about Lost in Random. Someone WhatsApped me to tell me to play it. Well, it's half price in America if you want me to send my American friend around. <laughs> He's got a login to the store. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right, Simon, I think as the publisher here, you are best placed to answer this question. Allow me to answer this question, Steve. So uh, the um, many people take money from uh, your hard-earned cash, Steve. When you spend $10... Or ten pounds, ten Europe's. Um, the uh, there'll be some sales tax, unless you're from certain t- um, states in America. There will be uh, potentially uh, payment fees. There will be platform fees from the store. Uh, this is if, it, if it's a digital purchase. Platform fees, uh, and then that money will be. Um, at the end of the month, once they've accounted for chargebacks and refunds, uh, that money will then be sent to somebody, be that the developer the directly or the publisher, if they have one of those, where it will be split even further. Um, now, I don't know what the itch.io revenue split is, but I suspect that it is the lowest. In my mind, it might be 90-10, 90 to, to the developer, tend to the platform and sometimes they have royalty free days um via the epic store the revenue share is lower there they take a lower platform fee so um then out of that ten dollars then the publisher or developer would be seeing the most of that but the best place that you could buy um a digital copy from would be if the developer or publisher has a steam widget on uh no is that right no that's not right delete this bit steve (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think i I think it would be itchio to start with itch take 10 percent. there you go 
Uh, Epic Take 12, is that right? 88-12? That sounds right. Uh, And then the others are generally 70-30. So hopefully that helps, Robert. And if anyone else has any technical questions that they want us to sort of stumble through, uh, please email in. Team at onelifeleft.com. I mean, you don't just have to ask us technical questions. Indeed, what you just heard may be a good illustration as to why you shouldn't ask us technical questions. Ask us emotional questions. Ask us questions. Just ask us something. We are back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is typically the point in the show uh, where we do any other business. We had a Marioki last Friday. I'd give a match report, but I wasn't there, so I can't do that. I, Sorry, go on. I watched, uh, well, I watched a little bit of it on the Twitch. Okay, maybe you can report then. How was it? Looked okay. I only watched it briefly. I, I, I was basically tuning in to see if you were there. Uh, <laughs> were you my uh, track and trace person? That was exactly. Yeah. Um, so, no, I saw that uh, Ed was hosting it. Mm. Uh, I forget which song I saw being sung. Um, but I couldn't make out because it's a new location. I couldn't couldn't place what was going on. You couldn't see the audience or anything from the uh, from the camera feed. Uh, so I yeah yeah I it's couldn't, it's I couldn't work out downstairs at loading so it's a very thin uh, thin venue um, but there was an audience there I promise but I was not in that audience uh, no one came ro- round by the way Simon no one no one checked on me or checked you've on got a trusting face haven't you yeah well she has um, so with that in mind uh, Simon Byron's Fast Five Five Pokemon uh, I've um <laughs> did you see. <laughs> That one of the highlights of the show was picked. As you know, that pickaxe pick a bit of the show out and put it out as an audiogram, mm-hmm. and it was the Fast Five. And I'm <laughs> like, oh my god! Now that to me is damning in many ways. Right? <laughs> so if you look at it kindly and think of this as the best bit of the show, mm. it's demonstrably not. Okay. Secondly, though. It could imply that our pickaxe friends only listen to the podcast intro, think that that's enough and stick that out because they can't be bothered with the rest of it. Uh, So, yeah, either way, no good comes out of this, does it? You're stalling. Five Um, Pokemon. Pikachu. That's one. Bulbasaur. That's two. Charamanga. (laughs) It's two and a half. (laughs) There's a sniff one, isn't there? <laughs> Mr. Snuffleupagus. <laughs> I reckon that's about four and a quarter so far. Come on. Honeydew. There we go. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. All right. Okay. <laughs> Which one? What, what are the others then? Okay. If I was doing it, yep. start off with Mr. Mime. Okay. Squirtle. I know that one. Charmander, I think you were going for. That's what I said. Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. <laughs> uh, Pichu, rather than Pikachu. That was easy. Okay. It was there. That was there for you. 
All right, it's good. I think we need a jingle for Simon Byron's Fast Five. If anyone has any no, jingles don't. they want to see, send we don't. In. What we need to do is to stop doing it. <laughs> like, I know, I know what Pokemon are, right? I launched in the UK Pokemon X and Y. Mm. I, it was my idea to introduce the golden ticket into the UK in the form that it arrived. It's just like, I don't, I don't like this pressure. It's not. Surely, Honestly, surely, it's... if you were PRing, you would have had to deal with you. You would have dealt with everything around Mew and Mewtwo. Yes, I know them now. You say them. <laughs> I've um, I have sadly been caught up in this new Pokemon uh, enthusiasm um, for the game that came out on Friday, mm. and because everyone's saying it's the best Pokemon game uh ever okay um why what what well, is this i, I don't know because uh, it's it's open world isn't it okay. um and so some people are saying looks a bit shonky but uh you know it has a host of new gameplay additions etc so anyway i've, I've uh, it's 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 on its way from curries for 35 pounds um so yeah even i've been caught up with that and and um yeah so what you know i'm I, i'm part of the pokemon gang Steve. i just don't I just can't name them when asked, which, as as far as I'm aware, isn't a gameplay mechanic in the games themselves. Gameplay mechanic in this show, though. Okay. All right. Well, Shall I, we? <laughs> Shall we do the reviews? We're a bit early. You're gonna have to really eke this out, Steve. I know. It's a really long song somewhere in the show. All right, it's time for the reviews. <laughs> Simon, what have you been playing this week? Well, for some reason, I've not had a huge amount of time to play video games. I've bought loads, though. As mentioned, I bought the new Pokemon. Uh, I bought Lost in Random. I bought um, uh, Uncharted, the Uncharted PS5. So before the week was out, I'd spent £60 on video games. Uh, 35 on uh, Pokemon, uh, $15 on Lost in Random, and £10 on uh, Uncharted. Now, I've played Uncharted 4 before, and this is a remaster of Uncharted 4 and Uncharted Lost Legacy. I've not played Lost Legacy, uh, but Uncharted 4, um, I remember f- as being the one with the car chase in it. Um, I was talking to my wife, who also likes the Uncharted games, and uh, she said, yeah, I've played four of them. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's, I said, how does it open? And she said, is it the one with the plane? And I know. I said, okay. Is it the one with the train? I know. And she stopped guessing there, because had she guessed the one with the boats, that's what Uncharted 4 is. Now, um, Naughty Dog have remastered both, which means that you've got... 4K options, you've got performance mode, up to 120 frames a second. That's so many frames. That's too many frames. It is. How many frames um, can you see? 25. Yeah, I think I, I um, top out at 30 max. And, it, and even then, I don't remember them, do I, <laughs> no. evidently? And um, so anyway, like, you know, I'm new to my relationship with my PlayStation 5 and therefore I'm an enthusiastic consumer. Um it's a real struggle to understand exactly how to buy this game as someone who has obviously played play, uh, Uncharted 4 before but can't, but doesn't know where the disc is, uh, couldn't find it in his library. I went reading through uh, your routes to upgrade it and it's like, hey, 
If you have bought either of the games previously digitally, or you own either of the games on disc, so basically if you own the games, you can pay uh, £10 to upgrade them. If you own neither, you pay, as far as I could see, you pay £35 to buy them on PS4 and then upgrade it to uh, £10 to PS5. Um, or you might own Uncharted 4 if you claimed it during its PlayStation Plus giveaway. But if you do own it through that, which then I believe prevents you from buying it again. But if you own it through that, you can't upgrade it. So I'm like, oh, goodness me, this is a palaver. So I went through my PlayStation library on the store to see if I owned it, uh, see if I bought it digitally. And I, I couldn't. I couldn't find it in my library, but the only option I, but it was letting me pay £10 for the upgrade. So I bought it and evidently it works. So uh, I've spent maybe the opening 30 minutes on Uncharted 4 and PlayStation 5. Um, I mean, yeah, it's super pretty. I really like uh, the Uncharted games. Uncharted, uh, the, I think the, um, the, the, the voice acting is particularly strong on top of the set pieces and yeah, having a blast with it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to I don't think I finished Uncharted 4, so who knows whether I'll do it again. Sorry, I'll do it for the first time here. Uh, I've not played Lost Legacy, but they boy, they look pretty. And if for some reason, in, your, in the dim and distant past, you have bought these games, I'd say that they are well worth a £10, uh, £10 to play them on PlayStation 5. I think people are buying the discs from Computer Exchange or, or what have you now in order to go the cheap upgrade route. So that, mm. to me, feels like the way of doing it. But um, yeah, for old games... With a fresh lick of paint, uh, they they do sure look good. Seven out of ten. Fantastic. Well, Simon, as you know, and as we established at the start of the show today, I have been indoors this week almost completely. Uh, I've been almost complete. Can you almost completely isolate? It depends if you've got track and trace knocking on the door. <laughs> Don't. Uh, so it's all fine. I do have you watching, trying to watch me on a camera though. Um, I've been playing. I've been indoors, and I've been trying to a uh, entertain a toddler uh, for a whole week and keep the toddler uh, away from her mother, who's been working uh, in the same apartment. So it's been quite fraught. I will say this: um, subscribe to Disney Plus in a panic on uh, uh, at the end of last week. I think I might have mentioned that on the show. Other streaming services are, of course, available. So I've been Not when you've got toddlers. I've <laughs> <laughs> been watching um, a few of those. Watched uh, Lady and the Tramp today. Okay. Bit racist. Is it? Does? They have warnings up they on, do. These, on them now, don't they? Okay, sorry. We were, we were a little bit racist back then. Don't know what we were thinking. Honestly, yeah. our bad. Here's the movie. Um, so, been watching a bit of that, but also um, been playing some video games. Now, searching for an age-appropriate video game to play on the Steam storefront is a nightmare. Like, actually, the Steam search function is poor. It's it's really poor, I think. Um, and there's no such thing as... You, you should really be able to search for, I don't know, toddler games or games or, or age limits or something like that or that kind of thing. It doesn't really. Whatever you search for tends to bring up Grand Theft Auto because it gives, <laughs> it gives like, you three games that include the strict interpretation of the word you've searched for. So, you know, toddler shooting simulator... Uh, toddler weird anime game 
you know, all of these things. And then it'll say Grand Theft Auto and here's Totally Accurate Battle Simulator and four other games that it thinks you'll enjoy because everybody else on Steam enjoys them. So the search on Steam is rubbish, so instead you've got to think a little bit outside the box and think about games that might be safe um, for uh, the people you are with. Um, and that's how I ended up playing, Simon. I ended up playing Bee Simulator. Okay. Have you heard of Bee Simulator? I have heard of it. I believe I own it. <laughs> well, there we go. And um, I, I've been playing that all, the, all this week without us. I've played quite a lot of it, actually. And I asked Alice to review it for the show. My name is Alice Cohen, and this is One Life Left. Alice, what have you been playing this week? Rock, paper, scissors. Okay, what do you do in rock, paper, scissors? Uh, you say one, two, three. And then you, you go paper, scissors, and what? Okay, and what happens next? You, you, you snip, you snip paper. Okay, if you've got a rock, what do you do? You win. <laughs> okay, should we have a game now? Yeah. Okay, one, two, three. Uh, what have you got? Paper. What have I got? What? So who wins? Daddy. No, you win. I win. You win. Uh, do you like rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. What's your favourite bit of rock, paper, scissors? The, the, the paper. <laughs> do you like the rock? Yeah. Do you like the scissors? No. You don't like the scissors? No. Why don't you like the scissors? Because scissors snip the paper. One, two, three. <gasps> Who wins? Daddy. Yeah! Alice, what would you give Rock, Paper, Scissors out of ten? A seven out of ten. Do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Now, Simon, you won't have heard that review yet um, because I've just spliced it into the show. Um, she didn't review Bee Simulator. <laughs> she said she was going to review Bee Simulator and then she reviewed something else. So, uh, unfortunately, it's it's left to me to review uh, Bee Simulator for the show, but that's okay because I've been reviewing video games for 22 years now, so I've probably got this. Bee Simulator is a game which tries to simulate the life of a bee. Uh, it is a <laughs> somewhere between a simulation and a playful interpretation of the life of a bee. As a bee, you um, fly around, you pick up pollen, and you take it back to the hive, but get this, Simon, there's a story mode. And I'm about 40% through the story mode, uh, and it's involved some nasty old hornets trying to get Ooh. get into the hive. There's been, um, I tell you what, Simon, there were some shifty humans with build, builder's hats on next to my tree the other day. Worst kind of human. Yeah, I thought, that's <laughs> that's not going to be good. So it's a, it's a kind of an open world game. You go outside the hive, you collect pollen, you bring it back. If you bring back enough pollen, you trigger moments uh, in the story. You've got quests. There are different types of pollen. You have to see through bee vision and pick up red pollen, red pollen or green pollen or yellow pollen. I don't think that's strictly how bees work, <laughs> but it does do its best to sort of educate as well in that kind of light way. There's lots of bee-related save the bee information inside the game. It's generally just kind of nice and wholesome. 
and it feels like yeah you, you know at least um alice my, my my toddler is learning things she was very excited to report to her mum that you you know she's playing b uh, simulator and you pick up pollen from pollen you make honey and you have to fight a mean hornet and of course it's the fighting that she picked up on and that's the bit that felt a bit weird um in a game that is so nice and gentle i'm playing it on easy mode so maybe it's a bit more hardcore than normal but in, in a game that's so nice and gentle to have these moments that are broadly optional but not entirely where suddenly you're forced into combat um felt a bit i don't know slightly uncomfortable it's not the most beautiful looking game it feels a bit 2010 or maybe before um but it is and and the sort of mechanics of collecting pollen and uh flying through these circles are obviously influenced by flower and it all looks a little bit less magical than that but it is nice it is easy and i'm playing it with her like you know nominally to look after her but i am sort of enjoying it as well i would thoroughly recommend it if you have to play or if you want to play games in front of a young child um seven out of ten you're becoming an old softy in your old age aren't you eh? <laughs> um am i i mean i've always i've always you know, liked games that are not about shooty-shooty or drivey-drivey right. and all those sort of things. So it's nice to see something that's trying to be different and to take some of the uh, tropes from video games, you know, the collect missions and the uh, flying through things and, uh, you know, all that kind of open-world structure and apply it to a different world that isn't um, cops and robbers. Uh, but, yeah, maybe I am also growing soft. Well, it's nice to see. Oh, thanks, Simon. Um, yeah, kids are a nightmare when they say that they're going to do something and then they don't. Uh, so I sympathise there. I have tried to get Ramona to remove to review stuff, but she still then starts babbling on about something else. We had a really nice tweet uh, about, I saw. Uh, about Alice's reviews, which is part of the reason I've tried to bring them back. Uh, hopefully I'll try and get some, some more in the future as well. For yeah, me. well, just make sure that she doesn't like all of our previous contributors get full of herself and then decide that they're no longer <laughs> going to do the show uh, in future because, you know, um, I was reading the description of the show on the podcast and it references a lot of old freeze features, <laughs> <laughs> most of which have moved on to pastures new. Um, wasn't Dexter going to start a podcast? I don't even see him anymore. <laughs> I watched at him on, on Thursday, said, hey, you come around this weekend. Ignored me and then said, I got a WhatsApp him, off him this evening going, hey, James wants to know how to play Phasmophobia on an, on an Oculus Quest. <laughs> I should have gone back to it. Meta Quest, actually. <laughs> very good. Yeah, very that good. That. Right. Do we have any other business? I think that's all the business. Uh, and I don't know how long Alice's review is, but I imagine that's all we've got time for. Yeah, I think that pretty much closes out the show. All right. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. It has been super, super fun as well. We will be back next week. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.